What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through my week eight wide receiver rankings. So just going through the top 36 running backs for this specific week. While you guys are watching, if you enjoy the content, you know the drill, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you have any fantasy questions, you can drop those down below and I'll be responding to every single person. But let's jump right into the rankings, starting off with the elite wide receiver ones. You know, these are guys who are just returning here every single week. I have Cooper Cup at one, Jefferson at two, Diggs at three, Tyreek Hill at four, Chase at five. I feel like we don't need a ton of explanation for these dudes. We know they're locked in high-end wide receiver ones every single week. They're all matchup proof. They're all going to put up big numbers, you know, regardless of their matchups. And, you know, they're going to be in every single person's starting lineup. Then at number six, I have Devontae Adams, another guy who's been super, super solid this season, a locked-in wide receiver one. At seven, I have C.D. Lamb. Now, C.D. Lamb didn't really have the breakout game I was expecting in his first game back with Dak. I still think there's time to improve here. I still really like C.D. Lamb as a mid-tier wide receiver one rest of season. I think once Dak gets going, I think C.D. Lamb is going to be putting up some monster games. Now, at eight, I have A.J. Brown who goes up against the Steelers. I think A.J. Brown is just pretty consistently going to be putting up like back-end wide receiver one numbers. So I think him sliding in here at wide receiver eight is appropriate. At number nine, I have Amon Ra St. Brown going up against the Dolphins. And I kind of want to lock in here on Amon Ra because I feel like people have kind of forgotten how good a healthy Amon Ra St. Brown truly is. Like I see people, you know, talking about trade offers. And I feel like actually both the Lions players, Amon Ra and Swift, I feel like people have forgotten how, you know, great they are when they are fully healthy but we're talking about Amon Ra in this specific video. So we've seen three games of healthy Amon Ra. He played in week five, but he was limited. So, you know, tough for fantasy because you started him because he was active, but then he's playing like half the snaps. And then in week seven, he left very early on with what they thought was a concussion. Didn't end up being a concussion, but obviously he left early. So he was done for the day. So in his three healthy weeks, we had week one, 12 targets, eight receptions, 64 yards, and a touchdown. Then week two, 12 targets, nine receptions, 116 yards, two touchdowns, and then 68 rushing yards on top of that. And then week three, his worst game was nine targets, six receptions, 73 receiving yards. This dude commands an insane amount of targets. He has touched on upside. I just think when he is fully healthy, he is probably wide receiver six, seven, somewhere in that range, just knocking him down a few spots because he may not be 100% healthy. And we just haven't seen, you know, Jared Goff have a solid game in the last two uh, performances from him, but I think he's a locked-in wide receiver one. I still believe Amon Ra is going to be an absolute monster rest of season. Now at 10 and 11, I feel like these dudes always get bunched up together. It's Jalen Waddle and T. Higgins, the respective wide receiver twos on top offenses. Obviously Waddle behind Tyreek Hill, T. Higgins behind Jamar Chase, both on strong passing attacks. Both are, you know, could be wide receiver ones on their own teams if they were in different situations. I think both of them are locked in top 12 guys. Now at wide receiver 12, I have DeAndre Hopkins. I was a little, you know, maybe passive on ranking D-Hop heading into his first game back. He looked great, didn't look like he had any rust, really just stepped in, was balling out. I think people actually kind of forgot. DeAndre Hopkins was disappointing last season. He was super touchdown dependent. He wasn't commanding volume. That was a different DeAndre Hopkins we saw, what was it, last Thursday night? So I do think he can be considered a wide receiver one, especially if he follows it up with another big performance this week. At 13, I have Mike Evans. I'd like to put Mike Evans higher, but with this Bucks offense struggling, the lack of touchdown upside, if they are struggling, he is going to have to fall outside of the top 12 wide receivers. 
I will say though, like he's given you a nine for, what was it? Nine for 99 game where he drops like an 80 yard touchdown pass and the offense does nothing. Like the fact that he's still able to get those opportunities and give you that type of fantasy production when the offense is terrible, the ceiling is really there if this Bucks offense can figure it out. So if they, you know, can revert back to 2020, 2021 Buccaneers offense, Tom Brady slinging the ball around, Mike Evans could be, you know, a guy who finishes the season as a top six, top five wide receiver if he does hit those touchdowns. At 14, I have Debo Samuel going up against the Rams. This is probably the lowest that I've ranked Debo Samuel all season long. He's just been disappointing so far. He's averaging 14.4 points per game. When you're drafting him, probably in the second round, you're expecting a little bit better than that. You're expecting better than wide receiver 19 production. And he's in this weird spot where he doesn't have that wide back role like he did last year. The rushing has been limited recently. He has had two or fewer carries in the last four games. And then when we look back at last year, Debo Samuel can produce as just a straight up wide receiver. Basically the first half of last year, he was just a wide receiver. They weren't using him as a running back and he was still dominating, basically giving you the exact same production. The problem is, is that last year we had Brandon Ayuk, who was basically in the doghouse. So he wasn't, you know, on the field, he wasn't getting involved. And that just left all this volume for Debo Samuel. Now you have the competition with George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk is playing well. In Debo Samuel's seven games, he has gone for under 50 receiving yards in four out of seven of those. Now you bring in Christian McCaffrey. There's just a lot of mouths to feed. I'm not sure if Debo Samuel is going to be living up to like top 10 wide receiver upside. It's possible. He's plenty talented. We know he can go on a stretch of touchdown scoring just because he is that guy. But right now, I think we just got to be, you know, maybe a little more passive on where we're ranking him. I don't think he's a player who's just, you know, a guaranteed lock in the top 10 or top 12. I do think we need to evaluate and drop him a little bit. Now he could go out, burn me, put up, you know, 150 yards from scrimmage, and then he's back in there. But I'd like to see it first before he, you know, reestablishes himself as a top 10 wide receiver moving forward. 15, I have Michael Pittman, just continues to give you solid production. It'll be interesting to see how his connection is with Sam Ellinger. I would see Matt Ryan now going to the bench. I think Ellinger will be able to support Michael Pittman. It's not like Pittman was dealing with, you know, elite quarterback play out of Matt Ryan this season. I think he's good enough to produce with anyone back there. As long as they're just not a completely atrocious offense, he'll be fine. 16, Chris Godwin. Basically, a lot of the same points I made with Mike Evans applies here with Chris Godwin. I think with a strong offense, you know, a Brady firing on all cylinders, Godwin could totally be a top 12, top 10 guy week to week. Unfortunately, he's going to be more of a, uh, you know, mid to high end wide receiver too, while this offense is struggling. 17, I have Tyler Lockett. I could see an argument for Lockett being higher with DK Metcalf likely to be out. At the time I'm recording this, I don't believe he has been officially ruled out, but I would be very, very surprised if he plays. So maybe Metcalf out of the lineup actually kind of bumps up the safety of Tyler Lockett. You know, he's been known as someone who's very boomer bust, but if Metcalf's not there, they may have to run this offense through Tyler Lockett more. He's going to need to get involved. So I do think he gets a little bump here with DK Metcalf likely out. 18, I have Chris Olave. I talk about this dude every single week. He is an absolute stud. I think he's going to be one of the top NFL wide receivers for a long, long time. Commands an insane number of targets. In three out of six games, he has commanded at least 13 targets. That's crazy. That's crazy for any player. It's even crazier when he is a rookie. We'll see if Michael Thomas makes his return. I don't have him in the rankings here. 
just because we don't have an indication he will return and he's missed so much time. I'll just go through the uh, players that I actually didn't toss in here because of injury. It was just Metcalf, Michael Thomas, and then Alan Lazard, who also looks like he is going to miss this week. But for um, Chris Olave, I think he'll be able to produce no matter what other wide receivers are in the lineup. I think he is that good. And he's, you know, produced with Jameis. He's produced with Dalton. They're going to roll with Dalton this week. I really just don't think it matters. He is going to be a stud moving forward. 19, Gabe Davis. I think low floor, high ceiling player here with Gabe Davis. It's tough to bench him because, you know, you can miss out on a 30-bomb performance. But I think you also have to accept the fact that he's not going to command a ton of targets. And, you know, you're going to have your two for 20 days with Gabe Davis. But, you know, the highs are going to come with low lows. But he is going to have those spike weeks like we've seen so far. 20, I have Christian Kirk. Honestly, feels a little low here for Kirk, but you know I do like the other options a little bit better. You know that are ranked ahead of him. I still think he's going to be a very solid mid-tier wide receiver too. Had a nice bounce back last week. Really, Christian Kirk's value is going to come down to how Trevor Lawrence plays. This is a tough matchup here against the Broncos, so maybe this is an appropriate ranking. But if Trevor Lawrence has a good day, I feel like we're going to see Christian Kirk, you know, follow suit in a lot of these matchups. 21, Amari Cooper going up against the Bengals. This could be a game where the Bengals go up early and, you know, the uh, Browns kind of have to catch up. A lot of passing volume could benefit Amari Cooper. Obviously, Cooper is someone I'm very high on long-term rest of season. I think he can be a league winner once Watson returns, but I still think he's a solid wide receiver too in the short term. 22, Devonta Smith just keeps putting up really consistent production behind A.J. Brown. It's in a situation with this offense where you have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, not necessarily a super high volume passing attack. So it's likely that one of those dudes, you know, may have a down game every week, you know, one of those three, but I still am willing to take, you know, the shot here that Devonta Smith will be a solid play. 23, Jacoby Myers. I think he just gets consistently undervalued. The dude is a legit NFL wide receiver. He is the Patriots number one, and he does it no matter what quarterback is in the lineup no matter what type of game script it is. He just commands a really solid number of targets and produces on those opportunities. 24, I have Rashad Bateman. I am pretty high on Bateman this week. I think this is a solid matchup against the Buccaneers who have a pretty banged up defense, especially in the secondary. I think Bateman is a guy who relies on big plays. I feel like a big play can happen this week given those injuries. As long as he's fully healthy, I think he'll be a really strong start. 25, my guy Deontay Johnson Every week, I'm anticipating a breakout. The volume's there. He just has been wildly inefficient, and it has led to just nothing. Zero touchdowns, zero massive games. Maybe this is the week. I still think he has a pretty high floor. And then I'm just hoping for a spike week out of my guy, Deontay. 26, I have Cortland Sutton. I think Sutton probably gets a bump if Russ is the quarterback. If Russ is not the quarterback and it's Rippin, I believe that's how we're saying it now. I uh, messed it up in a previous video. But if Rippin's playing, I think Sutton maybe, you know, drops a few spots. I think Rippin kind of matches up better with Jerry Judy. Russ is the better uh, quarterback option for Sutton. So he's going to be a high-end wide receiver three for me. Just an overall disappointing offense with the Broncos. Then I actually have back-to-back commanders wide receivers. These dudes have been slotting in back-to-back pretty much all season long after the first few weeks. So I have Curtis Samuel at 27, Terry McLaurin at 28, obviously both going up against the Colts. And I just kind of wanted to do a little breakdown on these guys, talk about their points per game, targets per game, carries per game, just to get the overall picture. And I think a lot of people prefer McLaurin over Samuel. I have, you know, Samuel slightly higher than McLaurin. It's not a huge difference, 
but I just kind of want to break down why I have them there. So point per game wise, they're pretty close. Samuel sitting at 13 points per game, Terry McLaurin at 12.1. For me, I like Samuel just based on the overall volume, the workload. Targets per game, Samuel is sitting at 8.3, McLaurin at 6.4. Carries per game, Samuel is at 1.9 to McLaurin's 0.4 carries per game. So I just like the fact that in an offense that's probably not going to be great, seems like Samuel has more kind of manufactured opportunities, has a more consistent base volume. Now, I definitely think McLaurin is the better wide receiver. Like if you're putting one of these dudes or both of them, or, you know, in different situations, you're putting these dudes as Aaron Rodgers wide receiver one. Obviously, I think Terry McLaurin is going to be the better guy. He would probably be a top 12, top 10 guy where Samuel is like maybe mid-tier wide receiver two. But in this specific situation with not great quarterback play, I do think Samuel is the slightly better option. After those two, I have Brandon Ayuk. Maybe I'm a little low here on Ayuk. I think you could put him in that tier with Samuel McLaurin. He's given you back-to-back solid weeks. Seems to be a beneficiary of the uh, CMC move. I guess rising tide you know, lifts all boats here, but obviously a very talented player. And I talked about Debo Samuel kind of underperforming. I think Brandon Ayuk you know, emerging is a pretty solid reason for that. 30, I have Brandon Cooks. Continues to be underwhelming. Still a guy with a pretty decent floor. Just a talented wide receiver in a rough spot. 31, Adam Thielen. Just a solid flex wide receiver three. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is the clear number one there. But Adam Thielen can still give you, you know, 12 points a game. 32, Jerry Judy. Mentioned him with Cortland Sutton. I think he gets a slight bump up if Rippon is the quarterback. If it's Russ, I think he's probably staying in this range. 33, Tyler Boyd. I think I'm just going to be done doubting him. Overall, this Bengals offense is explosive enough. They have enough passing volume to support three wide receivers. So Tyler Boyd is clearly talented. That was never the issue. It was just the opportunities. There's enough passing volume to go around here. I think he is going to be a decent start. And I've learned my lesson after I uh, started Drake London over him in a league last week. Absolutely got me the L in that league. So I've learned my lesson. Tyler Boyd is going to be a start. 34, I have Wondell Robinson. someone I'm very high on. Actually had a uh, 78% route participation this past week. And that was while leaving with an injury. I think he's going to be the clear-cut wide receiver one on this team moving forward. He led them in targets, even though he did miss some time. Eight targets, six receptions, 50 yards. Also, a lot of those came early on. If not all those came very early on in the game. So I think, you know, he could have had an even bigger day if he didn't get a little bit banged up. But I like him moving forward. I think he's a very strong waiver wire pickup. And you're not going to find many, you know, wide receiver ones on waivers, especially ones who are kind of still emerging and do have a decent amount of upside. 35, I have another rookie wide receiver. It is George Pickens. He goes up against the Eagles. He has shown some really strong chemistry with Kenny Pickett. We'll see if that continues this week. And then my final wide receiver, I know some people liked Paris Campbell over Alec Pierce. My reasoning was that we saw Alec Pierce get bumped up to like the elite uh, raw participation, elite snap share. They went with a ton of three wide receiver sets. Now, maybe Ellinger shakes that up a little bit. Not sure. But if I'm under the premise that all three of these wide receivers are getting 95 plus percent raw participation, I would rather bet on Alec Pierce performing compared to Paris Campbell. I could be wrong. You know, maybe they just keep feeding them like they have the last two weeks. That's just the bet that I'd be willing to make here. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 36 wide receivers. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. I've already posted my running backs, so go check those out. Tomorrow, I'm going to be running through my rest of season rankings at every position. So not a super detailed breakdown, just kind of getting the rankings out there. Maybe talking about a few players that I'm much higher or lower on. 
As always, thank you for stopping by and I will see you guys in the next one.